Dear friends in Christ, a Christian doctor not too long ago did a very interesting survey of his patients. While they were in the waiting room waiting for their appointment to come, he gave them a sheet with a lot of different questions on it. And one of the questions was, what is your number one wish in life? And 67% of all his patients said, that their number one wish was to have peace of mind. Peace, something we strive for but often do not find. We seek it. We seek it at home in our relationships. At home we listen to music or we do exercise or sometimes People take sleeping aids just to to relax and to have some peace of mind, they say. We seek it, of course, in our relationships, too. Sometimes we get counseling. Sometimes we get advice from close friends. And sometimes we read the columns in the newspaper that have to do with uh, solving uh, problem relationships. But peace often eludes us, and we wonder why. Well, where do we find it? Where do we find peace? Is peace simply just the absence of any trouble or problems in our life? Is peace just an atmosphere of quietness and serenity? The world defines it that way. If you could find those things, then the world says, then you'd really be at peace. But if peace is the absence of any noise or problem, or trouble, then peace is a product, you see, of our surroundings. It's something that we can work hard at getting, or not working hard and not getting. Yet when we look at what Jesus said today in those words that Kent read for us, this is not what true peace is all about. Jesus says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You see, these words to Jesus' original disciples and to we, his disciples, in the 21st century remind us of that precious inheritance that he gave us, that that special legacy, the peace, deeper down peace, that the world cannot understand because they do not have the Holy Spirit planted in their hearts, that spirit that gives us comfort and, and calmness and peace in our lives. The world does not have that. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. In other words, he's the source of true peace. And secondly, my peace I give to you. He is the giver of that kind of peace. And thirdly, I do not give to you as the world gives. It means only in Jesus do we find true peace, not in the absence of problems and troubles in this world. In other words, it has nothing to do with you or me. It has nothing to do with the surroundings we're in or who we're married to. It has nothing to do with what's going on in our world today either. His peace, you see, is different from the world. 
No wonder Paul, in several of his writings, said, this is the peace that passes understanding. We don't understand it with our human minds. It's a deeper peace only God can give us. No wonder also that Jesus talked about this in our text today because the disciples really needed to hear about this gift from God. They were about to face the greatest shock in their lives. Jesus would soon be arrested and crucified. Their master would be taken away from them forcibly, and they would be left on their own for the first time without a teacher, without a guide, someone that they had depended on for the last three years. The disciples needed to know that the world was still in God's control. You see, everything looked like a defeat. Everything looked like a failure to them. Judas had betrayed Jesus. The soldiers had arrested their master. And then the people succeeded in calling for his execution on the cross. Circumstances told them that things were completely out of control and they were filled with anxiety and worry. They did not understand, and many of us don't understand today, I believe, that everything was in God's plan and everything is in God's plan. He is still in control, even when it doesn't seem that way. So we need to look to the one who keeps things in control. We need to learn to let go and let God, and we will find peace in our hearts. Peace, you see, is not a product of our circumstances. It is a product of of God's action. It is a gift, not something we muster up with our own strength. But what Jesus said was very true, that he is the source of true peace. Well, today I want to talk about three types of peace that we all strive for. Peace with God, peace within ourselves, and peace with other people. The first way that the fruit of peace becomes a part of our life is, that, is when we become right with God. We confess our sins, we acknowledge our guilt, and we, we come before him asking for his gift of forgiveness. And why do we do this? Why do we begin our communion services every month with the confession of sin? It's because until we're able to let go of the past and all the junk that's in our past and ask God to forgive us, we will never be able to get beyond those feelings of guilt and feel that deep down peace that God wants us to have. When Paul encountered Christ, the past became just that. It became trash, he said, and he left it in the past. And he could say with certainty these words, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. As you come for communion this morning, I hope that you will remember that you have been reconciled with God. You have been made right with God by his work on the cross. 
and that he desires to have a relationship with you, a relationship of peace that, that doesn't involve carrying around that guilt that is there in the pit of your stomach sometimes. He wants you to confess those sins and allow that reconciliation and bond to be there again with him. And I hope that as part of our communion service today, you will sense that release and know that he loves you and desires to have that type of relationship with you. So first of all, we want peace with God. Secondly, we want peace with ourselves. Sometimes in the struggles of life, we even as Christians who trust and believe in Jesus Christ forget about that peace of God that passes all understanding. You know, as Christians, we do not have freedom from troubles and cares of this world, but we do have freedom from, I believe, the anxiety and the fear and the worry and the guilt that comes from those troubles and cares. In Philippians 4, Paul gives us some reasons why we have trouble sometimes experiencing peace and tells us how to find true peace. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. That's a modern version of those, those words, and I like that. Jim Kane writes these words. He says, worry sucks the peace out of life. Worry and peace cannot coexist together, he says. It's like oil and water. Worry is based on 100% of our efforts and 0% of God's efforts. You ever thought of worry like that? On the other hand, prayer is one of those things that cultivates peace in our lives. It's hard to let go and let God take our worries. Christian author Hannah Smith wrote these words. He says, she says, It is not hard to trust the management of the universe and of all of creation to the Lord. Can your life, then, be so much more complex and difficult than these things that you need to be anxious or troubled about his management of you? If God can take care of the universe, he can take care of your struggles and my struggles. That puts it in a whole different perspective, doesn't it? So don't be overwhelmed today by what seems to be out of control in your life. You know, a lot of people suffer from a lot of stress and depression and anxiety because they are relying on themselves to control those situations and manage their problems by themselves. It's true we want to control. And once we lose control of things in our lives, it's hard to cope. And we don't have that deep down peace unless we have given those concerns to the Lord. There's a poem that goes like this, said the robin to the sparrow. I should really like to know 
why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Do we forget sometimes that our heavenly father is right there and understands our worries? Have we given those worries to him? By letting the one who is in control of all things take care of our needs, he promises us deep abiding peace. Well, this was a reality in the lives of the original disciples. Jesus offered this peace to them, and we notice a big change came over them. After the ascension of our Lord back into heaven, we see in the book of Acts that the disciples showed little worry or fear about what they were going through. In fact, the situation in Acts got more intense and and adverse. The disciples of our Lord faced greater persecution, yet the disciples showed little worry. They preached the gospel with greater courage, and they even sang songs of praise even from their jail cells. Jesus also says, this is my peace that he gives to us. Jesus himself was persecuted, rejected by his own, betrayed by his own disciples. But he still had peace in his heart. And the reason Jesus did was that his peace was not because there was an absence of difficulties. No, he went through terrible things for us. But his peace came because of the presence of his Father in his life. Jesus was was at peace because he knew God, his Father was with him, and his Father was still in control. So Jesus gives us a peace today that allows us to say, it is well with my soul. No matter what is going on in your life, Jesus wants you to say today, it is well with my soul. Not because there's no problems in your life, but it is well in your soul because Jesus is in control. He gives us a peace that even when we're ready to fall apart, we don't because he is there for us. I remember talking to Arlene Toft a few weeks ago before she passed away. She had been in the hospital a number of times these last months. And she told me one time when when the doctor had told her that she needed further surgery and the nurse thought she was going to fall apart, and she didn't, she asked Arlene, what's your secret, Arlene? How can you be so at peace when the doctor has just told you this bad news? And Arlene told me she was able to share with that particular nurse that day what was in her heart, that peace that only Jesus could give her. You see, this peace is not dependent on your and my circumstances. Your situation may be just really tough today. There may be difficulties that surround you that no one even knows about. Yet, in your heart, Jesus says, you can be calm. You can be at peace. That's his gift to us. That's his legacy to us, his children. There is a third kind of peace, though, and that is the peace 
that we desire to have in our relationships with other people. Many times in the storms of relationship, our peace in our own hearts is disturbed because of what's going on between ourselves and somebody else. It seems like we just can't go on sometimes, and we feel like Jesus has forgotten us. Why are you letting this conflict go on, Lord, we say? How do we keep peace reigning in our hearts during these storms as we interact with other people around us? Well, first of all, through prayer. Paul reminds us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Through prayer. I like this little prayer that Helen Steiner Rice wrote a few years ago. She writes, Whenever I am troubled and lost in deep despair, I bundle all my troubles up and go to God in prayer. I tell him I am heartsick and lost and lonely too, that I am deeply burdened and I don't know what to do. But I know he stilled the tempest and calmed the angry sea. And I humbly ask if in his love he'll do the same for me. Then I just keep quiet and think on thoughts of peace. And as I abide in stillness, my restless murmurings cease. Go to God in prayer when you don't have that peace in your heart from day to day. And secondly, keep your mind on the things of God. Don't let the things of this world crowd out the things of peace that God desires for you to think on. Isaiah 26 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. And thirdly, peace comes when we claim it. Don't let Satan tell you that you're not going to ever be at peace Jesus has given you that gift as his children. Now claim it. Colossians says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. When there doesn't seem to be any other way to go, claim his peace. Take his peace. When the doctor says, I have bad news for you, claim his peace. When you seem to be kind of sinking down in the sea of life, claim his peace. When you are alone, when you are afraid, claim that peace. Well, at times we all feel uh, forget about this gift, and we forget that our Lord gave this to all of us as his children. He left this gift to his disciples 2,000 years ago, but he has given it to us as well today. He has said to all of us, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. That's the promise that he wants to plant once again in our hearts today. And I hope and I pray that you will experience it as never before. Amen.